Audra. And I'm Sadie. And we are former English lit majors and sisters who miss reading and discussing literature with fellow lit nerds. And we created this podcast to discuss literature fueled by libations. So pick your poison and join us each week to discuss all the queries and views unearthed in great books. And support your local bookstore. Welcome, everybody, to Lit and Libations. Hi, Sadie. Hi, Audra. I'm so excited to continue our discussion about The Spy Who Came In From the Cold, uh, the second half of the book and the movie, which we both watched. So hopefully you guys got a chance to read the book, or if not, at least watch the film, Richard Burton starring. So um, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, me too. Um, but I do love how we've been starting off with some get to know you questions. Yeah, it's been um, awesome. Yeah, so first question, favorite children's book author? This one was really hard. What's your favorite children's book author, Sadie? Uh, This one's hard for me, Um, but I think I am just going to go with the classic of like Roald Dahl and Mm. C.S. Lewis. Like I was really into those classic, classic ones. Honorable mention goes to Diana Wynne-Jones, who did Howl's Moving Castle. But I think, yeah, I, the ones I read the most was obviously like C.S. Lewis and Roald Dahl for me. Nice. I had a hard time thinking, like, I, obviously there are a lot of books I loved as a child, but if there was one author whose work was most uh, stood out to me. But mm-hmm. I, so I kind of just went with a book that had a big impact on me when I was little. So that was by Paul Goebel. It's the girl who loved wild horses. Um, I just loved the story and the illustration. It's about this Indian girl who runs away with a band of horses um, and then becomes one of the horses. Oh, that's awesome. Um, It's like from the 70s. But I remember my first grade teacher who was super special to me um, read it. And I just loved that book. And it obviously really stuck with me. So I if I had to pick one, it would be it would be that author. Oh, that's cute. I love I never heard of that book. Yeah, it's, it's really pretty, too, the, the illustrations. Um, okay, kind of in the same vein, I think. So what about, is there a book that makes you feel nostalgic? Um, the Little House series. Little House on okay. the Prairie. Little House in the Big Woods. I feel really nostalgic thinking about that. And I think part of the reason why is because my mom really loved those and she introduced Mm -hmm. me to them and it was something we talked about a lot and I just have like really really fond memories of reading those books and like to the point where like I remember where I was reading them and like everything about it was really awesome and then the only other thing I could think of besides those for like a real nostalgic feel is oddly enough like Romeo and Juliet Okay. I feel really nostalgic thinking about it. I think because I read it, it was like the first Shakespeare I read in school. Yeah. So it just brings me back to like lit class and warms my heart all toasty. Aw. I didn't have much nostalgia for anything like kind of school related. I mean, I loved everything that I read through school, but when I think of books that make me feel nostalgic, probably like the Boxcar Children series yes, mm-hmm. or the Black Stallion. Mm-hmm. Um, those books kind of make me think of childhood. So those would be my picks. Um, okay. What about a book that feels like summer to you or you think should be read in the summer? Mm. The one I went with is Call Me By Your Name by okay. 
Yeah. Andre Asimov. Yeah. That one just, I feel like it has to be read in the summer. It's about a summer romance in a way. And like, I just, the imagery and everything is just makes me feel warm. It's yeah, just warm I like and sunny. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a hard time thinking of one that makes me think of summer, but like as far as like seasonality wise. But um, when I looked at this question, the first thing that came to mind was The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, Mm, because mm -hmm. I remember reading that the summer of eighth grade going into high school. And it just like I just remember spending that summer reading that book. Um, So that's a heavy summer read. I don't go, I don't do any light summer. All right. Like we're, we're getting shit done in the summer. Okay. Yes. There's no time off. Um, but that's probably the, that's really the only thing I could think of, but that I'd be interested to see if anyone else has any ideas. So we'll definitely put those up on our Instagram because uh, sure. those are some good thoughtful questions. I think, um, what are you drinking tonight, Sadie? I am just drinking some wine. Um, I can't remember the vineyard. I should have brought the bottle in here with me. What was I thinking? Um, but it's like a Chenin Blanc, and it's it's really good. I've never had it before, and it's nice. It's nice. It's very smooth. Um, well, I made a watermelon margarita, so a good friend of mine Yum. got me a bottle of this tequila. It's called a Ret, and she got it because it has a horse on the bottle, and I thought it was so cute, and she got me one. And then I had some watermelon, so I put that in the blender Mixed it up with some of the tequila, put a little bit of lime in with it. It's pretty good. I think I could have used a little bit more, um, maybe some more ingredients, but it's, it's good. Nice. It's it's light. It's refreshing. It's good. So I'm happy with it. Perfect. I'm jealous. I want one. I, why don't (laughs) I have watermelon on hand? Man, I love watermelon in the summer. (laughs) I free, I freeze it and then take it with me when I'm at the barn all day and snack on it. Gosh. Um, when we went tubing last weekend, I took it with us. It was a good, enjoyable treat. Um, I love watermelon, watermelon juice. Like it's probably one of my favorite snacks, like just anything watermelon. Yummy. I want some now. I'm hungry now. Go get some. Go get (laughs) (laughs) right now. (laughs) I know. And that's the thing. We can't eat on this podcast. I think about that all the time. I come out with my drink and I almost, I have like snacks in hand sometimes. Right. And then I'm like, no, that's not, that's not going to work. I can't do that. (laughs) I mean, I know I wouldn't want to listen to it, but no. I'm sure that there are some randos who really like that ASMR chewing of it all, but that sounds gross to me personally. Yeah. And they probably don't listen to our podcast. So yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> um, okay. And then before we get into it, why don't you just remind everyone what our next book is going to be so they can go pick up a copy from their local bookstore. Yes. So the next book that we're going to go with is Nightwood by Juna Barnes. So like I kind of described last time, it was a book that was written in the 30s. It's a modernist novel. It's going to get weird. It's going to get funky. um, And it's not going to be a super light read, I don't think. I think it'll be really interesting, but you're going to have to take your time probably with it. Yeah, it's a it's a thoughtful read. Yeah, which it's it's. I think just under 200 pages, maybe just slightly over. So it's not like that long of a read or it's not heavy, but you might want to take your time with it. That's my perspective so far. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. I've started it. I'm really enjoying it so far. I I think, I think if you almost, I've kind of been reading it almost like it's poetry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Try and let things just kind of wash over you a bit. Don't focus too hard on it, making a linear kind of sense. 
Right. Um, and it, it works really well that way. Um, and then our book after that, it's actually two books. I know, crazy, but um, so it's the complete set of Persepolis, which um, is written by Marjan Strapi. Um, it's a graphic novel um, about a, about the author, her childhood and coming of age um, in Tehran during the Islamic Revolution. Um, and I have read the first book. I have not read the second book, but I'm really excited and it should be fun to kind of talk about a graphic novel. We have mm-hmm. not done one before. So definitely go pick up copies of both of those books from your local bookstore so that you can read and actually know what we're talking about. Um, and I think that's it. No other announcements, I think, or anything. So we can get into it. I'm excited to talk about the ending of the spy who came in from the cold and yeah. and the movie. So parts part one, we discuss through chapter 10. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So the second part, starting at chapter 11, and this is where, as you know, Alec is on his way um, to Hamburg. Uh, he's de- He's pretended to have defected, and he's been kind of sucked in and now he's got to go along with all of this and um i like how much more liz was in the second half of the book i think she's a really interesting character um i think especially the idea that she's part of the communist party Mm -hmm. and i think her feelings for alec are interesting um she's almost i feel like she's almost this representative of not, I don't want to say naivete because she's, I think she's a smart woman. I don't think she's naive and like, like, you know, even just how her and Alec are, like she doesn't seem to be naive as about their relationship or him. Mm-hmm. She kind of seems to, to have this level of trust and acceptance, but I think she does kind of represent like just someone outside of this world of espionage you know, yeah. who has, who still has belief in things, who believes in love, who believes in what the communist party is saying, who believes in, uh, the truth. Um, mm-hmm. and that if you do this, this is going to happen, you know, and I think she just, so it comes across as naive. Like I kind of read it that way at first, but I, I don't think she's naive. I think she's just hasn't been stuck in this world of duplicitousness. Yeah, it's it's like she's just a regular, I guess, like more trusting human being. Like she hasn't, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like I think it's easy to read her as naive, and like that is kind of the word for it. But it's in a way that I don't think it's negative. In a lot of ways, I think that like we wish that we could all kind of have maybe that mindset that mm-hmm. she has. You know that like the world wouldn't be ruined for us or distorted and like our faith in our leaders and whether that be leaders of our party or like leaders of the actual government in power, you know, like not to have those things tainted and have it be able to be led like solely by those beliefs and ideals and like convictions. But in this world of like behind the scenes espionage, that's just not how it works unfortunately and so Mm -hmm. like I think she's everything that's good about these things and then she's thrust into kind of like everything that's bad about them yeah and it's interesting because the first time I read this I almost felt a little annoyed or frustrated with her because she's so obviously in love with Alec Mm -hmm. but I'm like you don't even really know him like 
Right. You know, and in chapter 11, right when it starts, it, it's talking, it's about Liz. Um, you learn that um, Smiley, George Smiley, who's who's part of, you know, the British agents and everyone, they, they come to see her and she kind of is getting sucked into this game a little bit and she doesn't really know that. And I don't think you quite know everything at this point. You can kind of figure out something's going on, but um, it's talking about her flat and it says she used to gaze into it sometimes talking about a fire sorry in her flat she used to gaze into it sometimes when Lemus was there when the gas fire shed the only light in the room he would lie on the bed hers the one furthest from the door and she would sit beside him and kiss him or watch the gas fire with her face face pressed against his she was afraid to think of him too much now because then she forgot what he looked like so she let her mind think of him for brief moments like running her eyes across a faint horizon and then she would remember some small thing he had said or done some way he had looked at her or more often ignored her and I'm like, when I first read this, I'm like, come on, girl. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he wasn't even being truthful. I mean, he was in a way, was very truthful with her. But then on the surface, he wasn't at all. And then you learn she gets sucked into this whole plot. Yeah. I mean, well, let's just talk about what happens. Like, we kind of have to talk about it so that we can continue to talk about the book, I think. like, Yeah. But, yes. So the, <laughs> the whole point is that they're supposedly... Lemus is doing is pretending to defect so that they can capture Munt, who's this German intelligence agent who's mm-hmm. been responsible for Alex um his what do you call him? His his spies um and their their death and he's not a great guy and has a really awful reputation and supposedly they're putting this whole trap together to catch him. And Alec has all these uh, interrogations and conversations and is working with Fielding mm-hmm. who's um, they make a big point in the book that he's Jewish Munt mm-hmm. is former Nazi um, and you think that okay I see where this is going I see where this is going well then what actually happens is uh, Munt was a double agent they had been paying Munt and he was giving them information Fielding started to catch on because he's smart and has a deep belief in what he's doing. And so they actually set this whole thing up so that Fielding can be arrested and then eventually killed. So Munt can continue to keep both roles. He can continue to be this double agent. And um, Liz and Alec are, what do you call it, collateral damage. Yeah. And they both kind of participate in this courtroom scene. That's great. I just love the dialogue and all of that. And um, you figure out what happens. Alec figures it out. Fielding gets arrested and, you know, he's going to be killed. Munt's free and has his name restored. Uh, Munt lets or seemingly lets Alec and Liz go. And as they're climbing over the wall uh, to go back to safety, Liz is shot. And it's heavily implied Munt ordered that because... Liz knows the truth and then you can't mm-hmm. have people know, you know, you can't have any collateral. Um, and instead of going back over the wall, he's being beckoned back over the wall. Alec is by George Smiley's another person of the intelligence agency. He goes back down with Liz and is shot and killed. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. So Quite really sad, ending. sad it's ending. Really, yeah. It's really but sad. I, I think it was, that was the best way for it to end. I mean, that was, he yeah. truly came in from the cold. He truly left that life because he gave it up for 
for her. I think he saw that how used he was, how they used her, how yeah. duplicitous his own country and agency was and how the line had become so blurred, I think, between good and evil. And it, it wasn't even there's no line anymore. And I think that's one of the great things about the book. And I know that's why it made a lot of noise when it came out is it really does bring to light that, hey, we're we're fighting our, quote, enemy, but we're all using the same tactics. I mean, and it's brought up mm-hmm. early in early in the book. I mean, control says that, you know, we we have to use the same kind of tactics. We may be fighting for this greater good, but we're not, you know, how we're fighting isn't good. Right. Well, like, it's exactly like what we talked about last time where we said Mm -hmm. that when you take away, like, the flag and the title of the party, like, you really can't tell a difference between what they're both willing to do for their agenda. And, yeah, I mean, the ending where um, Alec decides to go back to the east side and, you know, be shot, it's a very active choice. I think that it's him choosing that connection that he Mm -hmm. wasn't supposed to have in the first place. Um, And I think it's really beautiful. But I think, I mean, I can see also where people would be frustrated with like the treatment of Liz in this book and like just how much of a pawn she is. Um, I don't personally think that like, I think John LeCar like added enough depth and interesting stuff to her that it didn't really bug me. But like, it didn't it didn't really hit the same note for me like with the movie for example like it just depends on how it's portrayed and how much of that like exposition into the character that you're willing to get yeah. i think the book has it but you know you, plot point wise you could see a similar thing in another story and it would drive you crazy yeah i think part of it too is like i read the book a long time ago reading it now I was able to since I knew kind of what was going on connect more with the characters and then when you watch the movie because you definitely if you read the book first know what's going on I think you can really kind of get sucked into portrayal of characters and Mm -hmm. I think that the character or the the actress who played Liz did did a really good job and so I think that you feel a little bit more connected when she dies and it's right in front of you. So I think it also just depends on what are you focusing on? And I think when I first read the book, I'm like, wait, what the hell happened? Like I'm still trying to like figure it out a little bit. And then because I feel like the character Alec really seems like he, he knows exactly what's going on. Right. And I love, I love the part of the book where he's um, trying to remember what chapter it's in, but he's, like under arrest and he's still or no he's defected and he's having all these conversations with fielding and he talks about hey when i'm living like this when i'm living this double life when i'm being a spy like you have to live like that all the time mm-hmm. it's like a like method acting is how i interpreted it and he goes to bed still like having these feelings that this person would have like he keeps that mask on this whole time But then Mm -hmm. at one point he takes it off and just is like, oh, shit, this is what's happening and then has to put it back on. And I just think, Alec, like you really just get the sense that like he knows what what he's doing. Like he maybe doesn't like this game, but he's a skilled player in this game. And so everything's going to work out exactly like it should work out. And then it doesn't. And he's he's just a pawn in it, too. Yeah. And I think that's just such a hard thing to 
stomach because I think we all kind of think we know what's going on when it comes to certain things, right? Like, oh, I'm a, I'm a member of this country. I know what's up. I know what we are and what we stand for and what's happening. And then there's all this shit going on behind the scenes that you have, you're just a pawn Mm -hmm. in a lot of stuff, a lot of times. And that's a hard thing to swallow. And I think that the book does a good job of pointing out that there's people going, doing things behind the scenes. And that's just something we should really just be aware of that that is going on. (laughs) You know, like it's so hard to, you can get really conspiracy theorists about it, but it's hard to trust sometimes your own government and your own leadership. And Mm -hmm. I I think the book puts that in a sad, but very, it does a good job of pointing that out. Well, and even just like on a even more broader, like interpretation of the novel, like I, even if you wanted to, to lay aside the commentary that it's making on government and Mm -hmm. the military, um, I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff to be said, too, for how sometimes the people that we root for, like they're not it like life doesn't really work out kind of the way that we want or expect it to necessarily. So like like I think that this book is really interesting because when you first start reading it, you first kind of get the idea of what it's setting up you really do think it's going to go in a different direction. Like it yeah. almost sets it up like it's a revenge novel, you know, yeah, like exactly. he's going to, he's after month and he feels has deep yeah. feelings and he's going to get Munt. his revenge and he's yeah. like this mm-hmm. great spy. And in that sense, I feel like it does feel like more of like a, a classic spy novel mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. book, you know, where it's like the hero makes it out in the end, you know, sure. he's, has shades of gray but like mm-hmm. in the end he he makes He's the right choice the edges. So, yeah, yeah yeah but he or, finds love and like and yeah. then she and dies she, and then he like right. gets revenge you know like this yeah but this one i think has a more interesting ending of like this is actually how it will go for a lot of yeah. these people and a lot of the people involved when you're involved in complicated games like this um and unfortunately it is kind of a game like your chances aren't really in your favor. Like that's, that's fiction. And this is a fictitious novel, but it, I think in that way is very real. Well, and I love how it just points out so well, you know, what are you fighting against? You know, it's like, okay, they're, they're against communism. And in the book, at least they're talking about, you know, this communist ideal of sacrificing one for the greater good, right? It's, Mm -hmm. It's all about the greater good. And, and I think it just points out that, it's kind of both sides have the same idea. I mean, they sacrifice Liz and Alec for the greater good so that Munt can continue to be a double agent because that's going to supposedly provide so much more than if they did what they originally said, pretended this plan was like, right. So Alec and Liz are just, they can be sacrificed because it's for the greater good when supposedly they're fighting again. Like, it's just such an interesting, like, the hypocrisy of it <laughs> mm-hmm. is a little infuriating, but it's just, it's realistic. It's, that's what it is. Right. You know, it's, and it's, and I love, cause that's just so much more realistic, you know, like we were just talking about how it starts off kind of like this typical spy mystery movie. And, and I think a lot of those can seem quite implausible. And this one, as sad as it is, is, is very believable. You know, it's, I think it, it brings up what the cold war really was about with the emphasis on 
you know, what are your values as a, as country and what are human, what's our humanity. And, you know, there's not a lot of spike like gadgets and gimmicks. Like it's just straightforward about humanity and conversation and connection. Like if you think about the connections Mm -hmm. Alec makes with fielding, you know, they're on opposite sides and they kind Mm -hmm. of form this connection thinking that they're both doing something for their country and then they both get played. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's no, I love the whole James Bond movies and all of that, but like there's no car chases. There's no uh, real fight scenes. There's like one fight scene and it's really quick and, and it's brought up, you know, he kills someone in the fight scene. And so Alec is, he's worried now he's going to be killed because of that. And they bring up like, yeah, you killed someone, you know? And so it's, there's real consequences to everything that happens in this. And I think a lot of action movies, spy movies, you don't really see all the consequences. Right. And I think also, like, I think that this book does a good job of showing that it's not all just about, like, government and the party and, like, one country versus the next. There's a lot of, like, personal skin in the game, whether Mm -hmm. that be, you know, Alex's original kind of intentions with going after Munt and, and, like, avenging his lost agents or with Fielding, you know, he's Jewish Mm -hmm. and he wants to take down this person on his own side and that guy just happens to be a Nazi. Like those things are definitely all connected. And that is something that, you know, these characters are thinking about and it is personal in a lot of ways to them. Um, which always makes me think of like how many, (laughs) how many tragedies have there happened, you know, because people in power, you know, take things personally and you know a yeah. game of egos like mm-hmm. I see that at work every day <laughs> you know oh yeah it's oh, ridiculous yeah. it's and it's sad um and it's it's kind of I love the scene in the car when they're driving to the wall on their way back oh yeah with Liz and Alec Liz and Alec and they have this big debate kind of going back and forth about like what they just experienced and what yeah. it means it's almost like they're like downloading everything and right as they talk through to each other I think especially Liz too because it's like what the hell did I just like you know she's kind of this idealistic kind loving person and loves Alec and gets Mm -hmm. sucked into this world and I think she's just really downloading everything that's happened is happening and what does that mean you know she's not content to just let it happen to her it's like now what does this all mean what do we do right and yeah i keep going i love those i love that scene too Uh, i just love the part um you know a lot of it is her telling him that the side that he works for is terrible like fielding was good and decent and then like look what happened to him and then um munt is obviously a nazi and is awful and gross and he manipulated all of this and he played them like pawns and you know she talks about how disgusting it is how bad they are And he talks about how um, the world has gone mad. It's not just about like one country. And then, and he even kind of throws it back at her too. Um, He says, we're a tiny price to pay, but everywhere is the same. People cheated and misled, whose lives thrown away, people shot and in prison, whole groups and classes of men written off for nothing. And you, your party, God knows it was built on the bodies of ordinary people. Mm -hmm. And... I just, I think that Jean Lacard just does such a good job with this scene because in a lot of ways, 
I think anybody could be kind of a shoe in for Liz right here of like kind of getting a stern talking to and like a reality check. Yeah. Yeah. And when he says your party, like I just love that he doesn't say in that in that specific paragraph, like the communist party, the party, capital P party. Right. He says your party, whatever party you as the reader are a part of, it is the same. Yeah. And I just, I love this book as a reality check and like Mm -hmm. for anybody, no matter what they believe, what side they're on to just be critical of their own positions. Yeah. No, it's, it's such a good, I love this book. I think it makes such good points while still being a really interesting story. Like what's going on. I think the characters are great. The dialogue's great. I love, I mean, even just little moments, I'm trying to find the chapter, but right after Liz leaves the courtroom and she's kind of waiting in this room and there's a female like prison guard basically. And she has this interesting conversation with her, you know, and Liz is a communist and Mm -hmm. um, part of the communist party. And now here she is with this German woman. And it's almost like they're having this, maybe not both of them, but they're almost having a little bit of a back and forth about who's more of a believer kind Mm -hmm. of like, like, um, it's starting it's first part of chapter 24 and Liz is just kind of staring there and the woman says, why don't you eat? It's all over now. I'm not hungry. Um, and then the wardess says, you may have a long journey and not much the other end. What do you mean? The workers are starving in England. She declared complacently the capitalists let them starve. Liz thought of saying something, but there seemed no point besides she wanted to know she had to know. And this woman could tell her what is this place? And it's just kind of funny because they're both part of the capital P party, but they're also on very different sides. And you can tell the wordis is a little patronizing towards her and has mm-hmm. thinks she knows how things are in England. And you can tell Liz thought she knew how things were all over because right. she was part of the party. Like, so it's an interesting to see these kind of and not arrogant, but just how sure we think we are of what we know about other people and other cultures and other groups and and how that confidence leads us to make decisions and take action when we, we don't really know. Yeah. And there's kind of a privilege in not knowing, right? Like mm-hmm. in a way, Liz is a communist member in England at the time, you know, she's privileged in the sense that she doesn't have to go through a lot of the things that people were going through in the other country. She gets like that distance from it. So she's allowed to just think about it in ideology Correct. Without living it, really. Without living it, without being in that government. And I think that's like, I I don't know. I feel like that's something that I think about a lot now of like how many things I feel strongly about and I think I know about, but how just like doesn't matter in some ways. How privileged you still are. Yeah, I'm so privileged. And and even if I read and even if I like, yeah, I, I've nailed down the ideology. Like, right. I'm still never going to know what it yeah. is like because yeah. I will not have gone through it. And I can empathize with that. But to say that I truly understand how people in less privileged situations actually feel like I can't say that that's arrogant. And it's the same thing here. It's like there's a privilege of them not having to understand each yeah. other and being able to just think about it as far as their ideals. Yeah, I agree. It's it's definitely a more th- thought-provoking book, I think, than one would think 
off the bat. Um, it's more thought provoking than I anticipated for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a spy novel. Yeah. It's, it's great. I love Jean Le Carre and, um, I've read a couple other of his George Smiley books where George Smiley's the main character. And, um, I think this is by far my favorite, but he's a really great author and I just love how, um, uh, how he treats the reader. I think he treats the reader like a very intelligent reader. I think mm-hmm. he um, really connects his novels to the real world and gives you some some great characters that have all sorts of shades of gray. And, and I think the movie did a really good job. Um, yeah, some of it, the choices they made were weird to me, but okay. I thought it was a good movie. Like, am I crazy? They changed her name, right? Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. I feel like I researched why that Is it happened. because of Liz Taylor <laughs> and Richard yes, Burton? Yes, yes, that's exactly what. So it stars Richard Burton, and they changed her name because they didn't want there to be this connection between Richard Burton and Liz Taylor connected <laughs> with the movie. It's to- That's totally why. I remember reading that now. It was so weird to me. I was like, why did they do that? And then I was thinking about it today while I was walking from my the parking garage to like, my office. Why? <laughs> I was yes, like, oh, exactly. That is exactly what happened. Yeah, it's changed to Nan Perry in the film because, yeah, they were worried that there would be some sort of confusion connection with Elizabeth Taylor. Okay, I loved her haircut in the movie. I was like, yeah, I want to go have her cute haircut. Could not pull it off. But yeah, she was I think she did a really good job. She was a great actress. Um, The only like criticisms that I guess I really have with it is like, I don't know, you just can't do in a movie the no. same you can't be it, as precise in a movie as Jean Le Carre was in this book right so like well and I loved how in the book even though there's not as much and we talked about this last episode I mean I think it only talks about him being in jail it's like two or three pages right but like it gives so much in that of what that was like and how that really how hard that was and mm-hmm. how that really transformed him and you don't really see any of that in the movie which you I mean you can you you don't there's so much more exposition obviously that goes on in the book and and details and the tone and but I feel like for what the medium is it did a pretty good job but yeah I'm with you like there's some and I just I wish that they'd spent more time on like how much time he and Liz spent together Yeah. Yeah. Because like when they have that conversation where she's like, what do you believe in? You know, like that's supposed to happen kind of quite a bit later down their relationship when they've been seeing each other. He comes over for dinner every night, but like before Mm -hmm. they even become lovers. And, um, and obviously again, it's, that's something that was covered in the book in like two to three pages that they can't do in the movie. But yeah, I, I found myself missing kind of that connection that connection and the knowledge of the time that they have and I think it makes the ending much more impactful because you really you really feel that deep you know like like he really did choose to to not be a part of that world period anymore you know Mm -hmm. and it's so sad that she dies and it's it's I think it's just much more impactful when like out of the book than it is out right. of the movie. Right. The movie, it's impactful, I think, because you're seeing it visually, but the novel is so mm-hmm. impactful because you really get that development of their relationship and those characters, obviously. Right. And, okay, tell me if I'm remembering this just completely incorrectly, but did they change, like, the order of when Alec 
learns that he's supposed to be defecting because I these yeah like because he knows about it earlier in the book than he does in this show um yeah I think they just like fast-tracked it a lot okay but I think I mean in the movie I remember they have the conversation pretty quick I think in the movie they show kind of more flashbacks of or not flashbacks, but they, it's almost they show in present time, like when he's having some conversations with like Smiley and Control. Mm. And I could be remembering it wrong, too. I, can't I, remember. I mean, I, th- I think it's just that they kind of had to like speed things along. Yeah. The, the like the pacing. This is just this, yeah. would, this would be a really difficult book to pace in a yeah. in a movie. Um, but yeah. I loved like. I loved the way it was shot. I really love old movies, and I'm really glad that they did it in black and white. Um, I thought that was really interesting. And then um, Richard Burton was great. Yeah, I I was a little surprised. I, I think because my only real thoughts about him were <laughs> knowing that he was married to Elizabeth Taylor. But um, yeah, he did a good job, I think. And, and the guy who played Fielding, I think, was good. Yeah, like, really good. Yeah. Um, like they're they're they uh, they all I think emoted really well because there was a lot of communication that was not through dialogue. Yes, um, in a lot of the scenes, and so I like that that was in there. I think they did a good job with that. The all the actors. Yeah, it was a like a quiet movie in a lot of ways, yeah. but I think in in the similar way that the book is, like I think it carries that. A similar tone throughout yeah for sure yeah this was it was a good adaptation I'm glad we we watched it it added it didn't detract from the book at all yeah thinking about it for sure and I I just also just want to give him a shout out for the monologue of when he in the car where he says like what do you think spies are I thought his reading of those lines and his acting of those lines were mm-hmm. spectacular. Like, yeah, everything and more than I like heard in my head when I read it. You know, um, yeah, perfect actor to play a spy, I think. And also, by the way, it's really funny. Um, Brian and I started watching The Americans <laughs> after. I love this. the Americans. <laughs> I love the Americans. I know. So good. This really got I me knew on the spy I was track. Look- I was knew I was going to love that series because I think it's in the very first episode and they're chasing someone and they're playing Fleetwood Mac Tusk. Yes. And I'm just like, boom, <laughs> the show's going to be stellar. Like what a good choice. Like such a good show. I loved that series. Now I want to rewatch that. You could rewatch it with us. We could keep it on the same stamp and do okay. a weekly check in with I, each other. I like it. Yeah. That was a really good series. Okay. If you guys haven't seen the Americans, go see the Americans. It's yeah. super really good for sure yeah spy stuff's fun well i'm glad you liked it i thought this was a nice uh change of pace a little bit from mm-hmm. what we had been doing but i'm really looking forward to our next book as well it's a little bit more esoteric i think so putting yeah. on my big girl brain yeah <laughs> to get <laughs> to get Same. through it <laughs> i just i like am relatively just starting it and uh, I'm like, am I smart enough to talk about this book? But you know well, what? You we picked, figured you picked it. So you know. we, we got to just fake our way through it. <laughs> we've we've made our way thus far. I, I think we can we can do it. But it's yeah. a it's a challenging read for me. So um, 
but in a good way. It's been a while since I've read something prose wise that I think is like as challenging for me to kind of wrap my head around. Yeah, it's good. There's some good monologues from the doctor that are interesting. So, but we won't get too far into it because that's our next book. But anything else that you wanted to mention about the spy who came in from the cold? I don't think so. Just thanks for choosing it because this really did just completely change my perspective on like what this genre can really do and be about. So thank you. Because I hope when that happens, I love when my expectations are exceeded or or changed. Me too. No, I, I, I really liked it as well. It was fun reading it again. I'm glad you liked it. I hope you guys have enjoyed reading along with us or, um, watch the movie or just enjoyed our discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, we're having a really great time doing with this. So, and we'll put those questions up on our Instagram. I'm going to assign that to Sadie as she's younger and more technologically savvy (laughs) than me. Um, so we can get your responses and we'll make sure to post our next books as well so that you guys can pick up copies of those. Um, so yeah, until next time, everyone go get reading. Yeah. Okay. Bye everybody. Bye. Thank you.